enough. It's inspired every word. It is God-breathed. It is profitable for life, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We love God's word. We need to hear God's word. And God's word is enough. Right? His word and his spirit, those are the two parents for the Christian life. God's word and his spirit are the thing that is what makes a new believer. It's not the pastor. It's not the persuasiveness of your friend when they're sharing the gospel. It's his word and his spirit. And so we're trusting these two things, placing high confidence in God's word to work even through flawed people like ourselves. So I'm going to bite here in a few seconds. Marquis Laughlin's going to come. He's been here before. If you've been here, you've heard him. I hope you've enjoyed him. He'll be working through the book of Exodus. It won't be all the way through because that would take longer than an hour total, and I'm sure the pot roast at home eventually would, would die. So it won't be completely every verse going through Exodus, but it will be just the book of Exodus. And so we'll have him come. Marquis, at the end of this, the next service, our, our worship service, he'll explain a little bit about his ministry, Acts of the Word, and what he does for Food for the Hungry. Uh, as our family's been able to do, sponsor a child, and he'll have a table out in the commons area where you can grab a little packet, learn about a child that may have, that has, that does have needs, and maybe you could be a part of helping that little one um, not just get an education, clothes, but also a chance to hear the gospel. But without further ado, let's open the Word if you want to, through the book of Exodus. If it's going to be too much for you to follow word for word, just sit and listen, and let God's Word wash over your mind. Let's pray before we start this. Lord, we need you. We confess this openly, that we cannot do without you. So we ask that you, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, would work in our hearts, that we will learn the lessons that are here for us in the book of Exodus, that your word and your spirit would do a work that no man can do. Change hearts, draw people to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his own family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. But then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of labor in the fields and all their hard labor. The Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, when you observe the Hebrew women in childbirth, if it is a boy, kill, but if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Well, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. <laughs> they are vigorous. <laughs> and they give birth bef before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives. <laughs> and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then the king of Egypt gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile. But let every girl live. 
of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put the child among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket and sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened the basket, she saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then the child's sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she said. And so the child went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Later, when he was older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She said, she named him Moses, for I drew him out of the water. Now, one day, when Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were, and he watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that, he killed the Egyptian and then hit him in the sand. Now the next day he went out again and he saw two Hebrews fighting each other. He asked the one in the wrong, why do you, your men, you are brothers, why do you beat your fellow Hebrew? The man who was in the wrong thrust him aside saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me the way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses realized that what he had done must, become, must have become known. Now when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now, a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to fill the troughs and to water their father's flocks. But some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flocks. Now, when the girls returned home to their father, he asked them, why have you returned home so early today? They answered him, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flocks. Well, where is he? He asked. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. So Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah bore Moses a son and named him Gershom, saying, I've become an alien in a foreign land. Now during that long period of time, the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites cried out in their slavery, and their cry for help went up to God. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites, and he was concerned about them. Now one day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a burning bush. Moses saw that... Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? Now when God saw that he had caught Moses' attention, the Lord called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Then God said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people who are in Egypt. 
and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land filled with honey. So now go. I am sending you to Egypt, to, to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? But the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and, and say to them, the God of your fathers had appeared to me, and they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? The Lord said, I am who I am. This is what you ought to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. But Moses said to God, well, suppose they do not listen to me or, or pay attention to me. And they, they say to me, the Lord has not appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he answered. Throw it on the ground. So Moses threw his staff on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and pick it up by its tail. So Moses reached out his hand and picked up the snake by its tail and it turned him back into the staff in his hand. The Lord said this, is so that they may know that the Lord, the God of their fathers, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Then the Lord said to him, now put your hand back inside your cloak again. So Moses put his hand back inside his cloak again and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. But Moses said to God, O oh Lord, <coughs> I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said, Who gave man his mouth? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to do. But Moses said to God, Lord, please, send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said to him, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. He will speak to the people for you. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. And it will be as if you, you were God to him. But take this staff so that you can perform the miraculous signs with it. Then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Egypt, for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. Now Moses and Aaron called together all the Israelite community. And Aaron showed them everything that the Lord had said to Moses. He even he even performed the miraculous signs for them, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Now afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. But 
arrived and they said, well, the God of our fathers has appeared to us. Now, let us take a, a three-day journey into the desert to, to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with a sword. But Pharaoh said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Look, the people of the land are not numerous, and you are stopping them from working. Now that very day, the Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and his foremen that were in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks, he said. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. <laughs> they are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the men so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. The Israelites' foremen realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day? So they found Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh Lord, is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, you will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, you will drive them out of this country. Now Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to it because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of this country. When Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then take your staff and throw it down in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw down his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. But the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret art. Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning and confront him as he goes out to the water to bathe, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Strike, stretch out your staff and strike the Nile, and all the water in the river will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jars. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. Moses stretched out his, his hand over the water and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water of the river was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian magicians did the same things by their secret art. And Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into his palace. It did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians had to dig along the banks of the water to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to stretch out his staff over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and make frogs come up on the land. So Aaron did this, and when he stretched out his hands over the waters of Egypt, the frogs came up and covered the land. But the Egyptian magicians did the same things by their secret heart, by their secret arts. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, <coughs> Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh and stretched out, and Moses stretched out his hand to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, He sinned again 
He hardened his heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to stretch out his staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the, the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. So they did this. Aaron stretched out his staff and struck the dust of the ground, and all the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. And the gnats were on men and animals. Now, when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. And the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was unyielding, and he refused to let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. You do not let my people go. I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. But on that day, I will deal differently than the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and, and onto his people and his officials. Throughout the land of, of Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, Look, I will let you go to offer sacrifice to the Lord, but, but you, must, you must not go very far. Now pray for me. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, and Moses went outside the city, and he stretched out his hands towards the Lord. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained, but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning and say to him, this is what the God, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Egypt and that of Israel so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day, the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh sent men to investigate and found that not even one of the animals of the Israelites had died. Yet his heart was unyielding, and he refused to let them go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and, and festering boils will break out on all the Egyptians throughout the land. So they took soot from a furnace, and Moses tossed it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and festering boils broke out on men and animals throughout the land. The magicians could not stand before Pharaoh because of the boils that were on them and all the other Egyptians. Yet Pharaoh's heart was unyielding, and he refused to let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, you still set yourself against my people and refuse to let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, the Lord will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter. Because the hail will fall on every man and animal that is left outside and has not been brought in, and they will die. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand to the sky so that hail will fall in the land of Egypt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and lightning flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. 
Throughout Egypt, Ham struck everything in the fields. It beat down everything growing in the fields and stripped every tree. The only place it did not hurt was the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. <laughs> Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Look, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the desert. You don't have to stay any longer. We've had enough thunder and hail. Now pray to the Lord to take this plague away from me. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh. And Moses went outside of the city, and he cried out to the Lord. And the thunder and hail stopped, and the rain no longer poured down on the land. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and hail and thunder had stopped, <laughs> he hardened his heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. So Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let the Israelites go, just as the Lord had said through Moses. more plagues. Seven plagues and Pharaoh has not hardened his heart. I remember being six or seven when the first time I, I saw the movie The Ten Commandments and really heard the story of the Exodus. And I was, for a long time, I was always amazed at how God kept doing miracle after miracle. And Pharaoh continued to harden his heart. And then Pharaoh's heart became hard at a certain point. And God started hardening his heart. And I was always amazed at how even though God was doing miracle after miracle, the Israelites would go from praise and joyful expectation to, oh no, what have you done? Why did you leave us here? And I think now the, the older I get, the more I realize how typical that is of our response to the Lord. He does a miracle in our life. We praise him for it. And then moments later, we forget it as soon as we look at the next giant that's in the land or Pharaoh's chariots or the next problem we have. And we start complaining and grumbling. Very humbling to see God give us this picture who we are. Uh, I used to think it was just, they were just particularly stubborn. But I think that it, the people God saves, us, God is displaying his grace. And I, I sincerely believe that each one of us uh, is perfectly capable of reacting in any way uh, that any of the characters in Exodus reacted. Very human. So, very humbling. When I come back for the service, I will take it up from there and we'll do the, the last three plagues and part the Red Sea and go get the Ten Commandments. So <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials so that I may perform these miraculous signs of mine among them, so that you may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians, and so that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every plant that's in your fields. Then Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to them, Go, worship the Lord your God. But just who will be going? 
Moses said, well, we will go with our young and old, with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds, for we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. Then Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you if I let you go along with your women and children? No, clearly you are bent on evil. Have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that's what you've been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven from Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that locusts will swarm over the land of Egypt and devour everything growing in the fields, everything left by the hail. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky, and the Lord made a strong east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. Now by morning, the wind had brought the locusts. They settled down in every area of the country in great numbers. They covered the ground until it was black. Never before had there seen such a great plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They devoured everything in the fields, everything left after the hail, including every plant and every tree. Nothing green remained in tree or plant in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive my sin once more and take this deadly plague away from me. So Moses left Pharaoh, and he went outside of the city, and he raised out his hands toward the Lord. And the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locusts and blew them into the Red Sea. Now the locust was left anywhere in Egypt. Yet this time also, Pharaoh hardened his heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness will cover all Egypt. Darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. But the Israelites had light in the places where they were. Pharaoh said to Moses, Get out of my sight. Be sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the prisoner who is, in the, who is in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt such as there has never been or ever has been again. But among the Israelites not a dog will bark at any man or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses, This month is to be the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Now the animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when the whole community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. That same night they are to eat the meat, roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. Now the blood will be a sign for you in the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over that doorway. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is the day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to the entire Israelite community and gathered the elders and said, Go at once and select the animals for, your, for the Passover. Take a bunch of hyssop, uh, 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 dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on, on the top and on both sides of the door frames where you are. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. The people
people bowed down and worshipped. About midnight, the Lord struck down every firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl who was at her hand loom, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night. There was loud wailing throughout Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and said to him, Up, lead my people, you and the Israelites, go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go. Now the Egyptians urged the people to leave the country. They said, for otherwise we will all die. Now the Israelites did as Moses instructed, and they asked the Egyptians for articles of gold and silver and for clothing. Now the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, (laughs) so they gave them what they asked for. So the Israelites plundered the Egyptians. Now the Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. Now many other people went up with them, as well as large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. Now the length of time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. See, they are to commemorate this day for the generations to come, the day the Lord brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, the very first Passover. Now, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them through the hill country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Now by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them along their way, and by night in a pillar of fire so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people to turn back and encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal's Zephara. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Now, when Pharaoh and his officials learned that the people had fled, they changed their minds about them. They said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready, and he took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots of Egypt, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over them all. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites, and they overtook them as they encamped by the sea opposite Baal-Zephar. Now, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But Moses said to them, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Raise your hand and stretch out your staff to divide the waters so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Now throughout the night, the cloud brought light to one side and darkness to the other, so that neither could go go near each other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand with the staff over the sea, and the Lord made a strong wind blow 
across the sea. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians, all their forces and chariots and horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and followed them into the sea. Now during the last watch of, of the night, the angel of the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots fall off so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said to each other, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the sea so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians, their horses and chariots. So, at daybreak, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the water went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The entire army of Pharaoh, who had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Now that day, the Lord rescued the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptians. And the Israelites saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the people saw the great power that the Lord had displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Now the whole Israelite community set out from there and they came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They said, if only we had died by the ha Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them to see if they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses <laughs> and Aaron said to the Israelite community, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? You will know it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord. He has heard your grumbling against him. Now, while Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the clouds. The Lord said, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Now, that evening, quail came and covered the camp. <laughs> and in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Now, this is what the Lord has commanded. Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So the Israelites did as they were instructed, instructed. Each one gathered as much as he needed. And then Moses said to them, Now, no one is to keep any of it until morning. But some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it till morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each day everyone went out and gathered as much as he needed. And on the sixth day they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the elders of the people came and reported this to Moses. Moses said, Tomorrow is to be a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Six days you are to gather, and on the seventh day there will not be any. 
So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Then Moses said to them, Eat it today, because today is a holy Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out to gather it on the seventh day. <laughs> and the Lord said, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath day. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the Sabbath day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The Israelites called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. They ate manna until they came to the land that was settled. Now the whole Israelite community set out from there. And on the third month, the very day that they had left Egypt, they arrived in the desert of Sinai. And Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to meet with God. And the Lord called to Moses from the mountain and said to him, You yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and I performed my miraculous signs of mine among them. This is what you are to say to the Israelites and what you are to tell the house of Jacob. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is what you are to speak to the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the presence of all the people. Tell the people, put limits for the mountain around the mountain so that no one comes up the mountain or touches the foot of it. Whoever touches the foot of the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go up to the mountain. Now, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. All the people trembled with fear. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was covered with smoke and, and, and trembled violently in the, the, it, 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 like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently and the, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. And then Moses spoke and the voice of God so God called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself in the form of an idol, anything in the heavens above or in the earth below or in the waters beneath. You shall not worship them or bow down to them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the father to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you ought to do your work, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, you ought to rest. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. 
You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's house, his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the Lord's words and laws and saw the mountain in smoke and heard the trumpet, they trembled with fear. They said, speak to us yourself and and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or, or we will die. Moses said to them, Do not be afraid, for the Lord has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people stayed at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Then the Lord said to him, See, I have sent my angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the land that I have prepared for you. Pay attention to him. And listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him, since he will not forgive your rebellion. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. Now when the people heard all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. If only that was our response. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. the light of the world right there with the Israelites the angel of God going before Israel to prepare the place God commanding them I'm raising up a prophet like you from your brothers you shall listen to him because my name is in him God is on every page of scripture it's amazing that we have the luxury of having all of the scriptures to be able to see God's great plan for us. We are the children of faith. We're the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are the promise of God to Abraham saying, in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And indeed, he has done that through his son, Jesus. Think of the fear and the holiness of God. He touched the mountain and he was stoned to death. Jesus has taken away that fear and has paid the price to make us a holy nation, a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, as Revelation says. What an amazing gift. And as Micah says, what is required of you, O man, to walk humbly with your God? He's full of grace and mercy. That's our job. James puts it, Religion that is pure and undefiled is looking after widows and orphans. There's the grace and mercy and not being defiled by the world, keeping ourselves from the world. It's so simple. My prayer is that everyone here, God's love flows through you to those around you and to those that are far off who haven't heard this message, who don't know the great God we've come to know. Um, We partner with Food for the Hungry. They're an amazing Christian relief organization. Um, If you've been touched by this presentation, consider acting that love out and picking up one of those brochures there in the lobby. It's on our table there. These kids are some of the poorest people on the planet. I have um, about 40 kids from the Dominican Republic, and I was able to visit there recently. And uh, we have a child that we sponsor. His name is Carlos. He's 11 now. He was 10 when I went. And he wants to be a teacher. Uh, When I got there to visit him, he uh, 
He came out of his house, which is no floor, one room, five kids, and uh, the dad would go off to work for months and come back. Uh, but he started quoting the verses that I'd written him over the last years. I'd put a verse or two on each letter, and he had 31 verses memorized. And I was in awe because I thought, wow. As he started quoting them, his mother was smiling, and she was, li- you know, I could see her saying them w- along with him, and I realized that he had probably shared this with all of his brothers and sisters. And <laughs> how many times had they heard the verse? And I thought, what a great disciple. Wow. Uh, but the eagerness with which the poor appreciate the fact that God has, they recognize that God has given them grace. And that's what, we, like I say, God's given us grace and God wants us to pour that out to others. Uh, but that's just a great example. We're told to go and make disciples. We're told to listen to Jesus. Uh, we're told to feed the poor and like clothe the hungry. And by agreeing like the Israelites, hey, we will do everything God has commanded. Um, it, it's that agreement that brings a blessing to the whole world. That's God's will. Uh, he wants to reach out and show people he is there and he can meet their needs. And he wants to encourage them to put their trust in him um, for his glory. So my prayer is if you want to do that, pick up one of those. You can do it uh, for as long or as short as you like. But Food for the Hungry takes about three years on the low end, five, six years on the high end to transform a village and make it self-sufficient. And they send you a letter saying, hey, this child is in a village that's self-sufficient. Would you like to sponsor a child in a different village that has been getting started? So they're very efficient. And like I say, it's a great way to have somebody to be able to share God's word with somebody who is eager to listen and we can actually disciple. So it's my privilege to bring their needs before you. Um, It's a privilege to serve God. It's an honor to even know these scriptures to be able to tell them to you. So I'm thankful for every opportunity. We're in an unusual time on God's calendar. Uh, One of the things I notice about scripture is that Everyone in scripture that God uses to do something, the godly, their eyes are open to God's timing. That's kind of the first step of being used. Wait a minute. I'm right here. God's doing this next. So, oh, okay, I'm going to go along and I'm going to be a part of what he's doing. And that context is critical. especially right now, because I believe that we are, um, we're about to see some persecution in this country. Other countries have seen it. Um, Most everyone can look out and realize, hey, wait a minute, there's some troubled times coming our way. So we are extremely grateful for people like your pastor, Michael, who is as committed to the word of God as he is. Because we're coming up on a time where that's going to be the dividing point. People who believe this, these holy scriptures or people who have a low view of them. And um, I'm so thankful that you guys exist and you're getting grounded in his word and you have a high view of scripture because that means you are anchored for the times that are coming up. And our love for each other is going to be tested. So we're going to have to, we're going to need each other even more. So I can't encourage you, now is the time to be able to reach out and do anything the Lord's put on your heart, to care for others, to build them up in the faith. Because I think the time is coming when we might not have these opportunities. I have friends that are in media and Christian uh, uh, ministries all around who have already experienced some for- form of, uh, of, of, of canceling, of getting kicked out, people, people clinging to God's word, getting kicked out of churches, uh, churches splitting because we believe this is the truth <laughs> and we're not ashamed of it. Um, so w- those are tougher times, but I can't encourage you enough. The Lord's faithful. The Lord knows about the time and we can cling to him and we can be encouraged as we see these things coming upon us because God has told us about it. They, they're not a surprise. So thank you so much uh, and God bless you and your efforts to, to know him better. And I just pray that you seize the day to grow in Christ.
Thank you. As our music team comes up, uh, Marquis will be back at that table where you can sponsor child for food for the hungry. Encourage you to think through that. You're not, brother, sister, if you don't have the funds to do that, we don't want you going into debt to do that. But if you are able, um, another way too. So we talk about intercept and foster care. If you're thinking through a way to serve those that are needy, so even our own area, we have intercept and foster care. If you have questions on that, BCE. If you're able to stop by the table and look at. Um, a child we might be able to help out. Our family has a little kid that we sponsor. His name is Son, and S O N, and so excited we can have a part of that. But make sure you stop by and thank Marquis for coming. Let's stand and.